It's time for episode 213 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, November 1st, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where we always take the time to make clock puns in our intro. Uh, except this time, ah, apparently. Uh, I am Micah Sargent, and I am joined by my co-host across the world. <laughs> Not really the world, just the United States, Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm, I'm doing well, Micah. I'm looking forward to ushering in November. And I'm not even across the world from you. I'm only like halfway across the country. I That's mean, true. Close. We're like we're like down the block from one each other, <laughs> right around the corner, always. Well, um, well, it, I, I guess we should, you know, probably introduce our awesome guests. To my left, in this weird little world we've created, is attorney by day and co-host of Mac Power Users by Night, Katie Floyd. How are you doing? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me back on the clock. <laughs> Excited to have you here. And to my left, joining us for the first time on the show, it's the managing editor of Android Central and fellow member of Secret League of Dan's, I'm sure. Daniel Bader <laughs> is here. Hi, Daniel. Hi there. How, uh, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. We are delighted to have you on the show. You probably know how this show works. We got four tech topics. We got 30 minutes, and I will kick us off. So... You may have heard that some YouTubers and celebrities got an early look at the iPhone X. Uh, one of the things that they focused on were Animoji. Um, and as I was watching these different videos, I realized that Animoji are a lot more responsive and detailed than I was expecting. The way that it sort of links to your face is pretty incredible. So I'm curious if you think that Animoji are going to outlast the novelty, or are they going to go the way of uh, sharing your heartbeat on apple watch katie what do you think i was a little surprised by how apple did uh, the review release for the iphone 10 it was very different than how they've done it in previous years and i'll be interested to see whether they keep this uh, interesting review cycle up for future iphone versions or whether they kind of go back to more traditional i think maybe one of the reasons that the youtubers focus so much on animoji is well i mean they're youtubers and animoji is something that shows off really well on youtube I will tell you I have absolutely no interest on Animoji, and if I could turn off the feature, I will. Um, I did not like all the text funniness that was introduced with iOS 10 last year. Um, I just, I guess, am a curmudgeon and want to tell everybody to get off my lawn and keep your cutesy stuff off my iPhone. It's for business people. Um, I don't know. I think the Animoji is very interesting in terms of the potential and the technology that it shows off, but I have no interest in Animoji on my phone, and I think they will continue to be popular Um Maybe among certain segments of the population, but I think their use will dwindle dramatically, let's say, by the first of the year. You know, I, you know, it, it seems kind of gimmicky and that's fine. I don't, I think it's going to be way more popular than the heartbeat thing because the heartbeat thing always felt very creepy. Uh, I don't know why you would want to share that information with someone. I, I guess I kind of see what they were going for, but it did never really landed for a lot of people. But people love emoji. It's just fact. And I think that the popularity of that, I mean, you look at something like iOS 11.1, which of course just came out yesterday, and the fact that it had like 70 new emoji in it was the big, you know, reason for a lot of people 
to update to it. Uh, so I think a lot of people are going to be really interested in that. I think Katie's right that the part of the reason for the YouTube stuff is the Animoji looked great on video. Um, I got one the other day from uh, Jason Snell when he was testing his uh, new iPhone 10 review unit, and it was kind of creepy to hear his voice coming out of an animated chicken. Um, but yeah, I guess that's just how I'll picture him from now on. So it seems pretty reasonable to me. Um, I think I think it may end up still, you know, being something that doesn't really end up being a huge way. I mean, emoji have have kind of proved they're here to stay. Um, and even in a way that those, you know, the Apple's text message effects are cool and things that you might occasionally think of, but I think most people don't really use them on a probably a daily basis. And I think an emoji might end up being something like that. Every once in a while, you remember like, oh yeah, I've got that feature. I should send somebody an animated pig. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think it's necessarily a huge game changer. So I think differently, if only because I spend a lot of my day in Instagram. And I remember from back when Snapchat was, uh, you know, more ubiquitous for stories than Instagram, people spend minutes telling the world what they're doing with those face filters applied. And I don't see an emoji as being very different from that. I think that there is the potential for people to spend more time not only sending an emoji to other iPhone 10 users or I, uh, other iOS users through iMessage, but also saving them as a GIF and then and then uploading them to places like Instagram, if I, I believe that is possible, right? Because it exports as a as just a plain, uh, you know, movie file. Um, and if that is the case, I actually think it'll have a lot more longevity than something like Digital Touch, which, you know, fleeting as it was, it was also fairly limited, not only between uh, Apple Watch users, but also because there isn't really a reason to to use it other than just to show off uh, a couple of effects. I think this is really a lot more personal than that. I agree wholeheartedly. I actually have one, two, three, five uh, MOV files on my desktop right now that came from our pal Rene Ritchie uh, of him doing different characters from uh, from from the Animoji set. And these are these were easy for me to just click and drag and drop onto the desktop, and I could see you know doing that with my own. And yeah, and you could publish them wherever you want to. And uh, I sort of like the idea of of putting on these masks and playing characters. Was it Oscar Wilde? Who said uh, man is least himself when he's in his own person give him the mask give him a mask and he'll tell you the truth wow. you're, you're really elevating our content today with oscar wilde quotes <laughs> I, I believe that was also the uh closing line from eyes wide shut so ah well so i think i think batman said that a lot too <laughs> right I, I think that may have been in a spider-man movie once also in the bible uh, no. um anyway my point is yes i think that this potentially has more legs i'm really excited about the fact that it um, seems so detailed and there have been uh, a few people on Twitter uh, hinting at the possibility of them being able to update this over the air and we might have an opportunity to get more characters involved so uh, I'm looking forward to that and we'll see if it sticks around all right Katie what do you have for us so, obviously, it's new phone season, whether that's an iPhone or a Google phone or Pixel phone or Samsung phone or all the other phones that are coming out. They're all coming out about this time of year. And new phones generally means new cases. So, I want to know, what is your position on cases? Do you use one? Do you not use one? Why or why not? And if you do use a case, what kind do you typically get? Well, okay. So, I typically evaluate this on a case-by-case basis. No, no, I see what no, you did there. No one? All right, fine. Ugh. I thought it was good. 
Um, yeah, so I used to not be a case person at all for the first several iPhones I had. This is not entirely true because I tested cases for a long time. Uh, and so I spent a lot of time like putting cases on, taking cases off, walking around with the case for a day, seeing how it was. And I found it really annoying most of the time. Um, and the, the iPhone is a obviously a very attractive phone. Um, so sometimes it felt like a bit of a shame to put it in a case. I went through a phase for a while where I used a, you know, a Mophie battery case because I felt like, oh, yeah, I really need all that extra power. Uh, lately, I've just been using sort of your really basic silicon uh, sleeves, generally like just something in black, nothing flashy. Um, I have this, the, the Apple's own uh, case for my iPhone 7. Um, I haven't yet figured out what I'm going to do with the 10. Um, I would love to not have a case for it, but I also worry now that I've become one of those people who's just too nervous when their phone isn't in a case. And I have very good luck with not breaking phones over the years. And so I'm wondering, like, you know, especially with the iPhone 10 having a glass back again, whether or not that's something that means I should really spend the time investing in a case just to be on the safe side. So I, I guess you could chalk me up as one of those people who's like, I wish I didn't put cases on, but I do because I'm scared of breaking things. So my my approach is you can have any case you want for an iPhone as long as it's the saddle brown leather case. <laughs> um, it is my favorite case of all time for any phone. I used it from the second I got the iPhone 7 uh, until I upgraded it to the 7 plus but for the plus i always found it to be too big even with the slimmest peel style case uh i was always very frustrated by its size i don't think i'll have that issue with the with the iphone 10 but i went from loving a case on the 7 and and you know an 8 style uh size to just not feeling comfortable enough with that case on with the plus and i use a plus for far more than i do the the regular iphone size so and other phones as well like i i've been using a pixel 2 and i, I i'm fine with a case on it i think it's a great size but when i upgraded to the pixel 2 xl or side graded depending on whether you like bad screens or not oh, um <laughs> well you know there's there's an argument to be made that the bigger the, the phone the the less useful a case which is Ironic because you're more likely to drop something that's heavier, but hey. Uh, for me, I am actually, I don't know if I can do some Foley work here. Let's see. That sound, if you can hear it, is me sliding open the iPhone 10 leather case that just arrived today from Apple uh, that I have to stare at longingly and wish there was a phone inside of it. Um, I typically do keep a case on my devices. Uh, I, I like thin cases as much as possible. Um, I got the, uh, let's see, the Cosmos Blue case for the iPhone 10, And wow, it's so small in my hand. It's pretty, pretty exciting. Um, I, I've been in the quote-unquote plus club for a while now. And I usually keep a case on it, although I'll take it off sometimes. But right now there's an Evutech case on my iPhone 8 or 7 Plus. And what I like about it is how thin it is. And then it also, the, the thing that's really cool about it is embedded within the, the very thin case is a little metal plate so that I can magnet it onto my dashboard um, area for it so I can control music and use it for maps because I don't ever know ever where I'm going. So utility for a case is important to me. Like if I'm going to have a case, it's got to have some utility involved. And then thinness are, are the two factors for me. Uh, I, like Dan, wish I was a no case user but I just can't help it. I don't want anything to happen to it. But you'll never catch me with an otter box or a life-proof case covering up every corner of the display in the phone. 
So I, like most of you, would prefer to be a no case. I've been a no case up until the iPhone 6, and then it was really, really slippery, and I was just, I went no case for the iPhone 6 until I had it for about a day and a half, and it was like a bar of soap, and finally had to give in and, and buy a case for it, and I've had kind of the Apple leather cases ever since. Uh, this year, I bought the silver iPhone 10, and they don't have a white leather case for the um, iPhone 10, so I bought for the first time the Apple uh, silicone case because it was available in white. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I hope to not have to use a case with the iPhone 10 because they say it is a little grippier. Um, I did get Apple Care because it's very expensive if you accidentally break it. And uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I will tell you, here's a pro tip. If you do have a case with your iPhone, um, get yourself a $20 bill and stick it behind your case. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you know you always have cash with you. It's, it saved my bacon more than once. Um, but that's all I have about cases. All right. Well, I just checked the clock, and guess what? It is halftime, and halftime this week is sponsored by our friends at Linode. So Linode has a fast and powerful hosting platform that can get you up in seconds. Their tools are easy to understand, and they let you choose your resources and Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility you need. And guess what? Linode plans now start at just 5 bucks a month for a Linux server with a gig of RAM, all in the Linode cloud. Now, whether you're just getting started with your first server or you're deploying a complex system, all you cool cats out there, Linode is the right choice for you, because Linode offers the fastest hardware and network with fantastic customer support behind all of it. It's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server, and they guarantee 99.9% .9 uptime for server availability. That is incredible. Once your server is up, they keep it that way. Now, Linode is great for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, running a private Git server, operating powerful applications, and loads and loads more. So guess what? Linode has fantastic pricing options available to you. You, out there, you can get a server with a gig of RAM for just five bucks a month. And guess what? You can go all the way up to 16 gigs of RAM for just 60 bucks a month. Across the board, Linode offers twice the amount of RAM you're going to get elsewhere. And as a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you're not only going to be supporting all of us here, but you're also going to get $20 towards any Linode plan. And remember, they start at just five bucks a month. Also got a seven day money back guarantee. So you got nothing to lose. Go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit, or you can just use the promo code CLOCKWISE2017. Yes, that's the year we're in at checkout. Thanks so much to Linode for supporting our show. Dan Morin, what's your question? So early reviews of the iPhone X's Face ID system say that it can only enroll a single face. Uh, not your partners, not your kids. You can't enroll your face on your kid's phone, etc. My question for you folks is more generally, do you give other people access to your smartphone, whether it be a family member or someone else? I don't know. Don't give strangers access to your phone, clearly. Um, and do you enroll their biometrics? Do you use their fingerprints and touch ID? Do you just give them your passcode? Do you share that? Uh, how do you feel about sharing access to your phone? Daniel? I feel fine uh, as long as I trust the person. Uh, I have a fingerprint enrolled on my wife's iPhone 7. She has a fingerprint enrolled on my iPhone 8 Plus, and that is just for safety reasons. I need her to have access to my phone if, you know, in an emergency. I don't know what that could be, but I, you know, there are often times where she's like, can you just check uh, my, my text message, you know, uh, for something? Um, 
this is interesting with the iPhone 10. It 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 really does uh, add a bit of complication there. Although, really, if you are sharing a fingerprint with a loved one, I have no reason to expect people won't be comfortable sharing a four to six digit PIN. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it was definitely, it was Whoopi Goldberg was asked why she never uh, wanted to get married. And she said, I don't want somebody in my house. And I have that same sort of feels about uh, people getting access to my phone. Uh, that said, yeah, my, my partner has my passcode, but nobody else gets to come in my house. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not that bothered or perturbed by uh, the, you know, the idea that there's only one face that that can get access to the phone. It makes sense to me. Um, you know, people have put out different reasons why they think that is. Maybe it would slow things down too much. Maybe it's too much storage, blah, 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 blah. I just think that, you know, this is a personal device and it makes sense that you'd have one face. If anybody else needs to get access, you know, like in emergencies and stuff like that, I absolutely agree. Just give them your passcode or your password, depending on what you've chosen to use. But for me, I'm, I'm okay with, uh, not being able to enroll Shane's face in my biometrics because I don't want anybody in my house. Katie, what do you think? It's fine for me to only have one face because uh, I just have one face, so that's all I need. And I think it'd be nice to be able to have a second person be able to enroll a face, especially if you have a spouse or a significant other. For my family situation, it's good enough just to have a couple of people who know my password and know how to get access. I'm, I'm, I would like to know why. Why is it limited to only one face? Is this something that will change in the future with software? Is it something that is hard-coded in? Is it something they can't do because of a technology barrier? Is it a software choice? that they made. I, I guess I'm just curious because I think you can have up to four or five different fingerprints associated with, with Touch ID. So I, I just want to know why can we only have one face and maybe it'll change. I feel kind of bad now for Zaphod Beeblebrox. <laughs> I was going to say Two-Face has a lot of trouble unlocking his phone, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so thanks for your thoughts on that. I, I really... I think this is a thing that Apple will change, and I don't think that they're necessarily going to specify why they've chosen not to do it right now, though it could be as simple as, well, this is a brand new technology. We really wanted to get it, um, you know, basically out there and deployed and working in the way that we think most people will use it before we started enhancing it with other features. Uh, That strikes me as a very Apple-like thing to do, and it's totally understandable. I do think they will change it eventually, if only because I do think a lot of people have uh, others that they give access to their phones um and in the case of sure you can share your passcode um i i have a long passcode because i have touch id enabled on my iphone therefore i make a more complex you know alphanumeric passcode so that it's harder to guess um and it's not something that like my girlfriend's not going to remember it. I'm just going to be honest. I can give it to her. She's not going to remember what it is. And then she's going to have to ask me every single time. So it's just much easier to have her enrolled in touch ID on my phone and vice versa. Um, and so I feel like eventually they should put that in for face ID. I think I, I've seen a lot of people talking about, you know, getting access, especially as this goes perhaps beyond the iPhone 10 and starts making its way into other Apple devices. There are probably times where you want to be able to unlock your kids' phones or, you know, as Daniel said, in case of emergency, have access to your partner's phone. Um, and, you know, I feel like this is a, it's an important feature to have, but I can also understand that Apple decided to roll it out in the current form for now. So we'll see what happens, but thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our final topic of the day, which comes from Daniel. So I'm going to play instigator here for a moment. And I just want to preface this by saying that I use iPhone and Android 
pretty much interchangeably. Even though my title is managing editor of Android Central, I came from an iPhone world before this job, and I continue to use it. I look forward to the iPhone 10. But my question is that when I look around Twitter, I you know, media Twitter is a pretty insular place, and it's not necessarily representative of everybody. But when I look around, I see the iPhone is an incredibly popular phone, and the passions around a release of a new iPhone are, are you know, surpass any other product in the market today. But I'm wondering, there seems to be a disdain of some sort for Android and its hardware partners. Uh, at times, people put down Samsung for its uh, tendency to copy uh, Apple in some ways, or there have been moments in the past where Android has been belittled for being buggy or insecure. Uh, The update cycle isn't great. But I'm just wondering, is there anything Samsung, Google, LG, HTC could do to move you over to an Android phone? You, as in you guys specifically, or an Apple devotee in general? I think when it comes to, you know, if we sort of look at uh, where we are, when we think about like what Twitter is telling us and, and what our little group on the internet says, um, it certainly seems to be based in, in you know, what, what, what Apple represents and people are sort of stuck in their ways. And so I'm sort of trying to think of like a normal everyday person who maybe maybe uses an iPhone or yeah, an iPhone right now who would switch to Android. And I really think that that would be about software, about uh, feeling like, you know, the simplicity is there or feeling like uh, the cool factor is there, so to speak. I think for a lot of everyday people, like my little brother, for example, was trying to bend over backwards to get an iPhone 10 on launch day. And it was about keeping up with, I guess it'd be the Kardashians these days, um, instead of the Joneses, uh, more than anything else. And so I think for those of us who are sort of stuck in our ways and really like these devices, it's a mixture as power users of just knowing what we're familiar with and knowing what we can do. And also just sort of, you know, being right along with our friends. And I think the same thing sort of applies to everyday folks who um, would want to, you know, oh, I've got the latest Samsung device now. Uh, for that to be a very cool thing to say. Katie, what do you think? I don't know that this is really as big of a deal as the people in our world make it to be. And, and Micah, you said something about our core group on, on Twitter. I think if you go out to the, to the world at large, most people don't care. You know, most uh, obviously that's not the audience that we're talking to on this podcast or that we see on Twitter or that we choose to associate with. But I, I believe the statistics are still true that there are more Android based phones sold out there than iPhones. Now, granted, there are a lot more manufacturers and there are a lot more options. There's there's one iPhone or I guess now there are like three iPhones that Apple makes. Um, but there's one manufacturer who makes the iPhone. There are a whole lot more who makes the Android phones. I, I think for most consumers, the phone is a utility. It's it's where they get their text messages, it's where they do their Instagram, it's where they Snapchat, it's where they get email, and it's they use either the phone that's provided to them by their employer or the phone that they get for the best deal from their carrier or whatever has the deepest discount. For me, it just comes down to preference. Um, I've been using Apple products since 1984. I'm I'm not going to change my ecosystem at this point. And for, for me personally, no, there's nothing you can do to, to move me into the Android ecosystem short of the Apple ecosystem not existing. But if it didn't, then yeah, obviously I'd, I'd look at it. I'm still going to have a smartphone, so I'd look at something else. But um, I just don't know that out there that there truly is as is, is much wrath out there as we think there is. 
I'm, I, I disagree a little bit, if only because I think tech tribalism is a powerful force. And that's true. Tribalism in its many forms is a powerful force, um, even just when it comes to things like hashtag brands. Um, I, I'm thinking <laughs> just even you go back and think about like Pepsi versus Coke, right? The same sort of thing. You get a lot of people who are diehard fans of one or the other, and they don't they don't want to drink the other soft drink. Um, you know, there's people get weird allegiances and loyalties to things that they like. And sometimes that's fine. You know, it's, we've got sports teams, plenty of people who adhere to their sports teams. Um, people take it very personally. People identify with it. They believe it says something about themselves in a lot of cases. Uh, and I don't think that's universally true for smartphones. As Katie said, I think a lot of people out there probably do just view them as a means to an end or a device. And if they switch to a different uh, platform they'd be you know confused for a little while and then get the hang of it and never really look back um but it's also some of it is a functionality thing too uh you know it's the idea of being in an ecosystem and all your stuff works together and when you get used to that it, it gets harder to get yourself out of that ecosystem because there's a lot of cost that you go through to switch over to a different platform uh and we've seen this obviously in the past with windows versus mac as well for me personally i i don't like katie i've been using apple products for a long time i don't see myself switching to android i've dabbled over the past and and you know used uh, android phones from time to time but it's never been enough to woo me away. And a lot of that is just it doesn't work as well with my other devices. And I just don't like the experience as much. But it's a personal preference. In the end of the day, it's, that's what you got to decide. Yeah, I, I think uh, you're all on the right track here. I, I spend a lot of time, you know, I use Apple products for the vast majority of my digital life, from my MacBook to my Apple TV. And when I switch over to an iPhone, I really do appreciate the better experience. The fact that I can use Apple Watch to unlock my Mac is great. And it's something that you don't realize you miss until you don't have it anymore. Uh, at the same time, I also have kind of come to terms with the fact that most of the services that I rely on every day, the ones that I pay subscriptions for, are available across platform. And they're agnostic. They really don't have... The experience isn't vastly different on an Android phone or a tablet, or definitely actually a tablet, because Android tablets are a garbage dump fire. Uh, but at the same time, I, I really just, you know, I, I bring this up because I don't really have a lot of opportunity to talk to folks like you who can give me that perspective. I really spend most of my day in the Android world. And th there is this tribalism there that Apple is dead to me because it's Apple and there's no justification. There's no intelligent, um, you know, reasoning there. It's just, I don't want an iPhone because it's an iPhone. And on the other hand, I, I hear the same thing uh, from Apple users as well. And there doesn't seem to be a, a, a very active discourse between those tribes. And I think that there should be because the the differences are actually quite uh, small these days. If you pick up a Google Pixel and you pick up an iPhone 10, you probably can make both of those work for you pretty easily. Uh, and at the same time, I love the fact that there is that competition, that Apple continues to have to innovate because Samsung, if not, is, if not nipping at its heels and at least make, you know, giving it a, a run for its money. That marks the end of the episode. We've got just enough time for a bonus question, and this week's bonus question is sponsored by Balance Open. Now, Balance Open is a free open source Mac app for checking Coinbase. Coinbase is a popular marketplace for cryptocurrencies like 
Bitcoin and Ethereum, and Balance Open is the best open source digital wallet to help you keep track of everything. Now, if you're not familiar with this stuff, that's absolutely okay, because Balance wants to help teach you about cryptocurrencies, and they're going to do it by starting you on your way. The first 1,000 people out there that are listening to this right now, go to bal.money slash relay, that's B-A-L dot money slash relay, and you're going to receive $2 in Ethereum currency for free. It's a gift from Balance. So go check it out today, find out more, and try out Balance Open. Our thanks to Balance for their support of this show. All right, my bonus question for all of you is, if you could be someone else for a day, who would you be? Katie, we'll start with you. <laughs> I get to go first. Um, well, who on this podcast would not like to be the CEO of Apple for a day? Because you can make all kinds of decisions. You can ax all kinds of things that you don't like, like Animoji. And you can go <laughs> in the labs and, and see all the super secret stuff. So there you go. Uh, I think, similarly, can I be J.J. Abrams slash the director of the next Star Wars movie, just so I can see everything that's happening before it happens? Cool. Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want somebody in my house. (laughs) I think Whoopi's the best, and I would love to spend some time in her boots for a day. (laughs) That is, oh, I really like that answer. That's a really good answer. Um, I was going to go with Elon Musk, because I, like, I assume in this world that I've created where you can be someone else for a day, like, you also get their brain, and I just think that Elon is probably a soothsayer, and I'd like to get a picture of the future, so that's why I would choose Elon Musk. All very good answers. Thank you for joining us, Whoopi Goldberg, Tim Cook, and J.J. Abrams. This episode comes to an end, Dan. We've done it again on November 1st. Ooh, it's a good way to kick off the month. Oh, and all that's left, of course, is to thank our wonderful guests. Katie Floyd, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. And Daniel Bader, thank you for joining us in your debut appearance on Clockwise. Hope to have you back soon. Thank you. It was my pleasure. All right, Micah, that's it. Let's wrap it up here. Uh, Let's just remind all of our listeners out there that until we're back next week, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Goodbye.